Welcome to the Haunted State Podcast. I'm filling in for our host, Todd Deering. I'm Michael Brown. And today we're going to have part two of our series on Washington Island with the girls, Ann Benson and Angela Olson. They're going to tell their stories about what it was like for them to be on Washington Island. You're going to definitely want to stay tuned for that. Also coming up, we're going to talk about some behind-the-scenes stuff. We've never shared this before, and I'm personally sad that Todd's not with us because we're definitely sharing some stuff that I know he'd want to talk about. And then finally, we're going to take some more listeners' questions coming up. It's the Haunted State Podcast. Stay tuned. It starts right now. Journalistic research meets paranormal investigation. Allow the stories to be told. Determine your own beliefs. See for yourself. Watch Haunted State, the series. Search Haunted State on Amazon Prime. This is the Haunted State Podcast. Welcome to the Haunted State Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Brown. I'm here with the beautiful and talented Ann Benson. Ann, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Hi, everyone. She's doing well. That's it? You're only doing well? <laughs> She's holding a white claw, so you can't be doing that bad, Ann. And we've got my producer and my right hand, Angela Olson. How are you? I'm well. I'm also your left hand. <laughs> That's true. In times you of replace both hands yeah, for my just, okay. just Yeah, all those spelling errors on the episodes yes. are. That is, that's the left hand part. That, the spelling errors. Those are all your fault. Hey, wait a minute. I thought I fixed those. I wasn't going the spelling route, but no. anyway. So, so last week on the show, we talked about Todd and I talked about our experiences on Washington Island, and that's a thing that we have talked about pretty much throughout all of filming. Is man, that was interesting right so we wanted to really expand and let everyone have their time to talk about what happened with um their personal story on washington island so um we're gonna start with ann on this one so ann first of all i want to ask you is this the first time you were ever on washington island from what i recall when i was a kid i was actually there uh, with my family, but I was so young, I didn't remember much of it. I remember being there biking and staying at a like a B and B with my family. But obviously, at that age, you don't appreciate that type of vacation. If anything, I was more bored and wanting to get back to my friends more than anything. But um, yeah, as an adult, being there, it's a completely different experience. So, it was your first time as an adult then? Yes. Okay. And then Angela, I want to quick ask you, was this your first time on Washington Island? Yes, it was my first time. Okay, so put a put what are they called when they when you um fold the page? Is that a dog dog ear? When you I fold, guess so. Yeah, put a dog ear in that because we're gonna come back to you in a second, Angela. We're gonna start with Anne here. So Anne, what was it like to go to Washington Island and kind of talk to everyone? Because I know that you had some ex- <laughs> personal experiences and that obviously is not gonna be in the show. So I I know our audience is really curious to hear how it went for you. Yeah, so I mean, part of it, just in a nutshell, I was also multitasking and working at the same time. So during the day, the adventure up there was fun. It was, you know, an experience to be on the ferry to get across to the actual island itself and and then prepping for, you know, the investigation that we were going into at night. I think a lot of it was just the unknown aspect of the rumors that circulate around the what if behind it's haunted with this. It's haunted with that. You try not to do too much re- too much research in advance, but um, I think that was my biggest thing is the anticipation of what are we going to get when we actually walk into some of these different places. Yeah. So now you went in there, you had that mindset. Tell everyone what you experienced personally. So not to be location specific, but there were definitely some challenges 
with, um, in a good way with the unknown. So when I say that, um, there's a couple of times where we start investigating and it's, we're hot, we're sweaty. Um, it, it's kind of gross in there and we're not getting feedback and it's like, all right, is it me? Do I need to check my game? Um, one of the things I think I experienced the most too was, um, just really thinking about what are we walking into? Like for the, you know, patrons that come into these places, they come and they leave, but the actual people that are on the island and remain there, what are they presenting to us that we're not necessarily sure about? And the one thing I want to inform our audience is now chime in if you want, Angela, we filmed at many locations. I mean, we were busy the whole time. We didn't really get to enjoy the island really at all. We were working the whole time. So there is a lot of places that we filmed that did not make the episode. There's a lot of people we talked to that did not make the episode. So coming up in a little bit, I'm going to kind of tease something that's coming. We're going to share some personal stuff that happened behind the scenes. We're not going to give away which locations those were at, but it's not anything that made the episode, obviously. So we want to protect the locations because sometimes bad things just happen. You know what I mean? Right. It just, oh, yeah. It's just the way it is. And the thing is, when I make a mistake, depending on what the mistake is, of course, I don't want to be held to the fire for the rest of my life for it, depending on what it is. If it's I some, mean, we'll always blame you. It's, well, it's okay. But. Yeah, it's because it's you're an asshole. <laughs> but I still love you, Anne. But, but I wanted to put that out there for our audience is when we are talking about these locations, we're not going to say what they are. Obviously, the two locations that made it in the episode they're safe because they made the episode so i just kind of wanted to do a precursor for any of the stories you're about to share Mm -hmm. and i know that there is a very specific story that i know you want to share i'm actually going to have you go into that story right now because this is something internally we've talked about this is the first time publicly we've ever talked about this as the director and executive producer i've been scared of burning anyone who works with us which is why we're not talking about where or what the location was or any of that because it doesn't matter it's just the story that really matters so why don't you share your story in so to to keep it short there was a location that we experienced where things were going okay we were getting some content we were getting some um i guess interaction with the paranormal um, in a variety of things. Um, but halfway through, I'd say three-fourths through, of the way through the investigation, we were informed by um, somebody who was participating in the investigation that they actually, um, you know, and again, to respect to any type of religion, whether you believe or don't believe in certain things, um, disclosed that they were a warlock and also disclosed that they had cast spells there and there was some different things that had gone on that they had actually encouraged and um, directly put into play. And this was not known to us prior to coming into this investigation. So when those types of things happen, you kind of take a, a pause and say, candidly, what the fuck did we just walk into? And do we stop right now or just kind of roll with it? So I don't know, Angela, it, you, you were, I think, possibly around when that conversation happened as well. So I'm not sure what your thoughts were, but... I think it was just a really unique situation that I, I was not expecting at all as the, you know, going into an investigation, you are thinking about, okay, I'm going to be speaking with someone who is on the other side in the afterlife. And when the conversation happens with, uh, say, a participant that you weren't expecting, that's where things get a little bit weird. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I am in complete respect of every religion, especially Wicca. And I believe that that was the religion that was, you know, reference, but the way that it was referenced and the way that it was put to us was in such a, almost a, I don't want to say it was a negative way, but it, it was almost like to scare us away. Like, guess what I've done here. Mm-hmm. And that was the part where I think you, well, you and I, and we, we were there for it. Michael was, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, he and Todd were doing something else, but we were there and we're like, Oh, okay. This is not what we were expecting. Yeah. And to mm-hmm. chime in really quick, I had this per- warlock person was tar- starting to talk about ser- serial killers with me. So it made me really uncomfortable, but I also thought, you know what? We're going to be okay. It was kind mm-hmm. of like there were two sides to my thinking on that one. So mm-hmm. as the director and executive producer, and I feel like the person who's responsible for all of you, whether or not you guys want to take that is another story, but I'm the one who is putting you in this situation. So I made sure that no one will ever see the light of day with this footage. It will never, Mm -hmm. ever, ever see the light of day. We're talking about it right now. I think it's entertaining now that we're safe and everything is cool. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I personally feel about religions i respect them but i i think it really every single religion comes down to what do you believe and that is where i respect all of them but i don't necessarily agree with them all so a part of me was kind of going well as long as we get out of this okay we're, we're good and um i know that i, I first want to say is there anything else that you want to add as far as what you experienced and before we move on to angela is there anything else that you wanted to share like on a personal level not outside of any events happening just as a personal level because like in the previous episode todd and i kind of talked about this like i felt like i was being watched the whole time and todd kind of had this feeling follow him for several months have you experienced anything like that or do you have anything you want to add to that yeah i think i mean in general beyond that experience that was probably one of the i don't want to even label it as toxic but one of the more confusing moments that happen where you kind of in hindsight leaving the island really try you question what did I get myself into what did I walk into what did I carry away with me I personally felt fine after but I definitely felt like there was a decompression like period of time after the island where to kind of collect your thoughts and really like regroup as to okay you know it wasn't necessarily a a bad thing or a negative thing for me personally but I definitely agree that um there was some decompression afterward. So now Angela Olson here. Now I know you extremely well. Would you agree? Yeah, for the most part. Okay. There's maybe <laughs> one other person in the world who knows you better than me. Would you agree? There may be one person who knows you better. I, I would say so. Okay. Only because I've known her my whole life. Right. And that's, we'll say, we'll give a shout out to her friend, Jess. Okay. That's who we're talking about. Yeah, so I know you really well. What I saw you go through, what I saw happen to you, I was very scared. And I mean, obviously you were more scared than I, I was. we all were though. We, we were. We all were. Yeah. So why don't you start at the beginning and just kind of go through the bullet points in your head of start, you know, fill everybody in on who you are and your background and of just your lifestyle, you know your what I resume. mean? I know. Yeah. I had long walks on the beach. Because all, the cool thing is all of that matters though. You know, well, we were just discussing before how, like Michael said, be yourself. And I'm like a self-deprecating, like guilt ridden person. And I'm like, how do I tell this story? So I'll try to tell it quickly. But um, when we went to Washington Island, I was actually really excited because my parents would never want to go there because of the expense of having to either walk over or to take the car over. And so when we did it, I was really excited. And it, it was a 
it was a really fun trip. And I mean, the, the first night of investigations presented its, you know, challenges. Um, but when we went to bed that night, I think it was probably, well, it was the next day by then. I think it was like, mm-hmm. was it 3 a.m.? Something like that. Yeah, I think it was something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, I mean, it, it was just, it was kind of, it's always difficult. When you come off of an investigation and you've been filming, especially as a cinematographer too, you're on the entire time. So trying to go to sleep after that is always difficult. Right. But this presented a different challenge for me. I was trying to fall asleep and I couldn't. Now, I've dealt with depression since I was about 16 years old, and I've never been diagnosed with an anxiety disorder, but I've had, you know, some anxiety in my life, just like everyone else might have. But when I was trying to fall asleep, my heart started racing. And it was to the point where I was actually afraid for my life. I got up and I walked around. I kept working. <laughs> I was going to wake up Todd. That was my biggest concern. I'm like, please don't let me wake up Todd. But <laughs> um, I mean, I walked around for hours. And my heart was racing to the point where I was thinking, okay, we're on an island. Is there a hospital here? Because I might need to go there. I literally thought I was having a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, well, could this be a panic attack? But this went on for a good four or five hours, maybe even a little bit longer. And I did not sleep the entire night. And it, it was frightening. I was thinking, I'm going to die on this island. I've never thought that before. But this was the one time where I literally thought I was going to die. Can I ask, did you think for a moment there... In hindsight, did something follow you? Did no. something come with? No, that never crossed my mind. I just thought that I was being anal retentive and I was thinking, you and I were going to do yoga in the morning. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I have to get some sleep so we can do some yoga in the morning. Yeah. But, yeah. And the one thing is, as we filmed, because that was right at the beginning, we filmed. Right. We learned that maybe we didn't close the door. I, again, it comes down to what you believe. And if you're rolling your eyes over there, I get you because I'm with you. But when we're investigating, sometimes we'll end it by saying, hey, thank you for communicating with us. This session has ended. Please do not contact us. We make that known. And that night prior to that, we did not do that. So, you know, Again, you can kind of argue anything, just like you can argue argue astrology and your horoscopes. You can argue it one way or the other, and we're not going to get into that right now. But after that, we just kind of crossed our T's and dotted our I's and made sure we did do that the rest of the time that we were filming season one, which we're going to be having episode five come out the second week of July, God willing. And, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, I definitely think, it, you know, Washington Island, though, I want to say, is a place that I do want to go back to. Like I said in the last episode, I and I'm talking on a personal level, I want to go back. I've gotten to know a lot of the people who live on the island, and they're good people. It's a beautiful island. There's no debate on the beauty there. Mm-hmm. But is there anything else either of you want to add to kind of close the door on this discussion of Washington Island? I mean, candidly, just... Being up there, all I kept thinking was if you were born and raised on the island, how difficult difficult it would be to date if you were if you stayed there and that your options were like of ten whole people. Um, but just saying. Um, yeah, talk about talk about talk about that <laughs> app idea that you had. Talk about that the island Tinder. Island Tinder. So if anyone's not familiar with social dating sites and whatnot or apps, um, obviously you can swipe. Is it right? I think. I think you swipe right to keep them if you and like them. Yeah, if you like and, them. And, wait, Michael Brown, how do you know these things? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you wrote a book about it once, remember? I wrote a book about it once. I you unfo- wrote a book about it once. Thank you, Todd. I unfortunately <laughs> used to use them, but luckily I don't have to use them anymore. But yeah, you swipe right. And it's like you see a person's photo, you swipe right on it, and you let, that means you like them. And then if that person gets you and swipes right, then you can communicate with them. Yeah. If you swipe left, it's all over with. Right? I mean, I feel like it's like almost like one of those small town adventures where there's pros and cons to it, right? There's probably like one cop on the island and maybe two and they rotate shifts. There's one hospital, one nurse, one doctor. Everyone knows everybody. And I also think in a good or bad way, everyone knows everyone else's business. So I think there's a spider web of networking. And when you say Island of Secrets, I think there's some things that are kept quiet for a reason, um, which I would love to uncover and investigate at some point. But then again, respectfully, they keep things quiet for a reason. And that is the title of the pilot episode. And we're going to give credit right now publicly to Ann Benson for that one, because that was her idea. So yeah, I think that that is definitely a place that personally I want to go back to, but the experience... I don't know. I think I'm better from it. What do you guys think? I just really enjoyed like being on the lavender farm and being able to film there. That was such a soothing thing for me. I mean, that yes. we did that on the second day yes. and I really needed something soothing after my concerns. I, I honestly feel like a crazy person saying like, I thought I was going to die. But when you've had your heart racing for hours on end, you're thinking, you know what? There's mm-hmm. something that has to be wrong with me. So something calming like that. Uh, the funny part was that when Scott had asked the question, like, are there bodies buried under the floor? Uh, I was yes. not expecting him to say that when they said <laughs> yes. So I was thinking, what? But he actually said it with a smile on his face, yeah. <laughs> which makes me kind of question, has he researched this or what mm-hmm. has he been told? And my first thought was, can we please tear the building down and dig it up and oh, like, figure out who this person is and, and whatnot? Like, that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. It's funny you say that because with shipwrecked the episode we're dealing with right now that's the exact what do you want to call it issue that that we're having so it's just (laughs) timely for us to be talking about this but i i do want to point out that i edited that that episode and i actually i took it out because i felt like i was attacking scott he's such a nice guy Mm -hmm. he's he is what i aspire to be to be honest i mean he's he's a good human being and if he, you need a soothing voice, I mean, he's yes. oh, yeah. just fantastic. Yep. Yes. Yeah, he is. Scott's a wonderful guy. It's great fun definitely being there. And uh, I think, honestly, though, I edited this out and I kind of felt like I should have put it in, but I felt like I was attacking him. When he said that, I immediately was like, what do you know? Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, well, it's just an old building. And I'm thinking, I don't know. And we had, yeah. we had pretty much just met him at that point. So I was really kind of suspicious. I'm like, if there's bodies under these, under the floor, it's not going to be a paranormal documentary. It's going to be a crime documentary, you know, because obviously that's not a good thing if there's bodies under the floor. But that was one of the most uh, astounding responses that we got, I want to say, on the island. Mm-hmm. I mean, I froze the frame and I saw you and Scott's face. And I feel like I should post that. Just the, the like the amazement of like, holy shit, did you hear what he just said? But yeah, it was definitely interesting. And I think, you know, it's a place I'm going to go. I want to go to enjoy it, though. I want to go and relax it and have fun just for a day trip. I don't want to stay overnight. I You know, baby steps for me. But we are going to move on to our 
and this is something exciting for me, is the, the questions we get. Because whenever I watch anything, I have 100 questions. So to be able to have the, the ability to answer some of the questions, I think, is really, really cool. Well, this question is really simple. And I'm actually going to let Angela take this one. Carla Cluck, one of our big time fans, actually, asked, will you be covering any parts of Wisconsin other than around Door County? Absolutely. You nodded your head at me. I nodded my head. <laughs> she nodded her head when I asked that. Like, they can't. I was going to say, you can't. They can't hear that. I'm not that big of a dumbass. I mean, I'm just like, yes, I, I will answer this question. Yes. So there are how many locations in season one are outside of Door County? Two or three. Um, so we have Deja Vu Martini Lounge and then, um, oh, Captain's Walk Winery in Green Bay. And then finally, mm-hmm. there are three. Uh, one of the biggest ones. That would be the National Railroad Museum in Green Bay. So mm-hmm. they are close to Door County. I mean, Green Bay, relatively close, but Appleton, not quite so close. And I'm going to break some news here without breaking the news. There's actually a fourth location in the final episode that's not in Door County, but I'm not going to tell you what it is because it's what is going to start season two and you're not going to believe it. There's my tease. How was that? Was that good? I thought it was pretty good. Right. They're not going to let me have it. They're just giving me blank stares. So we're just going to kind of step back from that one and ask this question. And we're going to all answer this one. We're going to start with Anne. Who is the biggest skeptic on the crew? This is from Lisa in Oshkosh. I want to say it's a, it's a toss up between Todd and Angela. And the, the reason why I say that is as soon as we capture, typically Angela's behind the camera. And as soon as we capture something, she's usually the first one to be like, eh, I don't know. I ruin everything. Even though, you know, we, we, we're hearing things and we're seeing things, but we're not quite sure what we're getting. Angela is usually the first one to be like, maybe. But then Todd right away will be like, you know, it could be this, it could be that. But um, I'm usually like happy puppy dog where I'm like, oh, it, it, it's a voice, it's a growl, it's this. It's like, no, sorry, Benson, it's not. And, and to all the people who are pissing, moaning about the flashlight, Angela's with you to a point. Cause about she's, the flashlight? Well, just, I mean, uh, any evidence, but especially the flashlight. I mean, I can't get over that. I just, I question everything. I think it's important to, I mean, mm-hmm. we only use a few different devices and the flashlight is the one that we actually get the most activity out of it. I don't believe it has anything to do with batteries or, you know, energy expansion, any of that kind of stuff. I honestly, I believe there has to be something else going on. I, I mean, mm-hmm. it got pushed at us. It fell off of a chair. Science can prove the flashlight kind of randomly going on. Yeah. So there is, so you can kind of want to backtrack from your comment a little bit, I think, because there are times where it does go on and it is the battery. But mm-hmm. when we're like, okay, we're going to fucking count to three, turn it on. And then we do that three different times with different numbers and it goes on. How do you question that? Well, I mean, it could be. It could. I mean, scientifically, yep, you can explain that away. However, if something else caused it, how can you not explain that portion away? Because it's not scientifically founded. Like, that's the difference. I think people just want to find something to piss on. And that's the really hard part of producing a show like this is, honestly, just get your popcorn and watch it. I mean, it's not mindless because we're trying to be educational on the history side of things and intelligent on the paranormal side of things. But to kind of circle back around on the question, who the biggest skeptic is, do you think you are Angela or do you think Tadis? I'm not really sure. What do you, you don't know what you think? Guilt and Seth 
self-deprecation. I'm <laughs> Enter here. It's situational. Um, I think it is. Yeah. I mean, I... After everything that's happened to me, I mean, the, the first thing happening at the Grand Opera House in Oshkosh, that was my first like full investigation. I was like, wait, what? Okay, I got this on camera. And mm-hmm. let's see, for what she's talking about, you can see that in the movie Theater of Shadows. Mm-hmm. It's streaming on Amazon Prime, cheap plug, but <laughs> really, really good moment. Mm-hmm. Like that to me is my my number one moment is the moment at the Grand Opera House. That was amazing. And once you see that happen, it happens once and we actually missed it. Right. Second time it came back around, there is absolutely, positively, like if you're in that room at that time, of course, as an audience member, you're gonna go, oh, someone was up in the booth and no, nobody was in the booth. I don't wanna say what happens, but something happens. It's pretty amazing and that, that's hard to explain away. And I mean, kind of let's go down the list of things you have had happen to you because, you know, in episode three, we talked to your father uh, allegedly in his house and it sounded like his voice. And there's more to come on that story. That story is definitely not done yet. So there's more coming on that. You, I mean, think of what are some of the other things that stand out for you? Like for all of us that have happened while we're investigating where you're still scratching your head Ann and I are jumping up and down high-fiving each other and you're going well wait a minute and you're trying to mm-hmm. ex- explain it away what are some of the other things you could things you can think of well I think one of the things that I have the biggest issue with and I wonder if this is a question of hearing as well is mm-hmm. when we hear something on um, the spirit box or an EVP I mean Michael and I talk about this a lot because we are the the sole editors and he asked me what do you hear and then I ask him, well, what do you hear? And this is something that we hopefully are going to be talking about in the near future um, on an episode is between what a male and a female ear hears, does frequency have something to do with it? Because there are many times where Michael and I will say, I hear something totally different. Right. If we hear something mm-hmm. and it's the same and we both hear, we're like, okay, that has to be accurate. I'd say that's half the time. But then mm-hmm. there's times where Anne will come over to our house. Right. She comes over a lot. We hang out on our deck and Todd will come over and I'll play it for them. They'll hear it and then you won't. And you kind of feel left out a little bit, would you say, maybe? Or- I mean, I feel kind of stupid more than anything. Yeah. I'm like, well, I guess I'm the one who needs to get my ears checked, you know? <laughs> My eyes are bad. Now my yeah. ears are bad. I mean, you know, get the walker out. I'm ready. <laughs> Call ARP. <laughs> Maybe I can get the, the early bird special Ooh, at the Howard Johnson. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I, want yeah. I mean, Golden Girls is your favorite show. Oh, well, I mean, it, it, it's up there. Top three. Oh, yeah. Top absolutely. Three. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was, an, you know, a senior citizen by the time I was 18. Yeah. <laughs> Mentally. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. That's true. <laughs> I actually would say... I mean, I know Todd really well. I've known Todd longer than I've known you. Mm-hmm. I would say you're a bigger skeptic than Todd. Really? By, by, I think so, by, yeah. by decimal points. Point, like, by hundredths of a point. Todd is right there, but I think Todd is more open to... And we've talked about this, and Todd and I kind of talked about how we politely, respectfully argue with each other about psychics and mediums. Like, I don't believe in that at all. That's where I'm really skeptical, but you are kind of across the board. I mean, you've had some amazing shit happen to you, and we're driving back, and she's still trying to come up with a debunk thought, like, okay, it had to have been this. So that's one of the things, though, is that's why I like Angela as a producer, is because she has that, she brings that. She's not just going to sit there and go, okay, oh, yeah, we heard a voice. Oh, yeah, we saw a shadow figure. Okay, all right, let's all say bro and high five and call it a show. I and mean, that's not what that's not what this show is about. So I really, 
Appreciate that. And that was a really good question from Lisa in Oshkosh. We want to add one more thing, Angela. I think one of my biggest problems is that this is a a genre that I have not had any experience with in my life. Um, I've never discussed it with, you know, my, Mm -hmm. my childhood friends. And when I, I think about my, my best friend, Jess, who I've known since I was five, and I'm having this discussion with her, like, hey, I talked to my deceased father and <laughs> right. she's watching the episode thinking I've been in this house since I was five years old. I feel like a crazy person yeah. because I think about all my close friends. This is not something we've ever talked about. Yeah. So I, I think that adds to the skepticism is I, I honestly feel like an idiot when I'm explaining these things to people because I just there's no scientific explanation in my mind. I'm sure there is, but mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm like, I've got to debunk this. But that's why it's called the paranormal. Right. Is there? there just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. There's no explanation for it. And I've got one last question. Yes. And this is something we kind of already talked about a little bit, but we're going to um, expand on this. Emily B., one of our Facebook friends, asked in the first episode at Nelson's, how was the flashlight set up? Like, was it a push button or on the side? Or, Anne, why don't you take this one? How, the flashlight experiment that we do. We put it to a point where it's just on the point of being turned on or turned off with a screw top, right? So it's not like they're pressing a button or things like that. But again, it goes right back to that whole debunking factor of it's warm and the battery's expanding or retracting and whatnot. And But again, I mean... Setting it up is one thing. I, I when it actually physically moves, like I'm sorry, I can't explain that. Like and physically, like when you're watching it, nothing is around it, and it's been stationary for what x amount of minutes, and then it moves. Right. Think about it. Yeah, I definitely think that that is something that our half of our audience really hates it. But I think like parlor tricks. I think that's what they think. Right. I mean, I got a comment this week. <laughs> the guy just said fake. <laughs> And I'm like, be more specific, please. Yeah. Well, the thing is, he was a Cowboys fan, and I was going to say, well, <laughs> the idea of the Cowboys winning a championship is fake, and you're and a fan you of them. And you have just alienated a good portion of your population. Yeah, that's nah, okay. <laughs> well, you know what? It's all fair. It's. I mean, come on, I'm a Packer fan, yeah, so I'm of course I'm going to hate on the Cowboys. But you know, I appreciate the rivalry, though. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's a whole other topic, and most of our audience is going, "Okay, Michael, shut up." So I'm going to do that. And your so, cast. I'm like, it's mutual in the same room. Yeah, say they're assholes. Don't worry, when you pass away, we'll come find you. Okay. (laughs) What's your word? I'm a a, a warlock. You know what? We talked about this, actually. We had a production. We're not going to share the words, but we had a production meeting a few weeks ago, and we all said if any of us pass away, that we all have. When? When we pass away. Well,. It could be in 80 years. You know what I mean? But Angela's going to live forever. But she yes. is. She is. <laughs> I'm the first to go. I got She's a vampire. Gone. But we have words. We have words. <laughs> cool. We have words that will come through the spirit box, just like Angela had with her father. But I definitely kind of want to wrap this up. Is there anything else that you guys... It's okay. Is there anything else you guys want? And then we say you guys in Wisconsin. We don't say y'all. No, it's you guys. Yeah, you guys. Oh, no. Use it's guys. You, <laughs> use guys is like, guys. That's like, that's like UP. And, I, and then we want to tell the audience, we don't talk like that, man. Like, <laughs> like, Milwaukee, no. The further north you go. The further north you go. But like, <laughs> north, yeah. but we're from Milwaukee. I mean, most, all of us are actually from Milwaukee. Listen to how you say Milwaukee. It's Milwaukee. People say Milwaukee. I mean, I'm not though. I'm from Madison. Let's cover this. (laughs) Number one, Milwaukee has a metro area of around 3 million people. Okay. That's not small. Mm -hmm. I mean, compared to New York, anything's small, but it's not small. Also, 
when you meet someone from Milwaukee, please don't talk about Laverne and Shirley. Don't talk about Milwaukee, Algonquin for the good. It <laughs> gets really old. Doesn't it get old? No, that's Not just hilarious. There. I think it's, it's great. It's so old. Okay, so no. two to one vote, I lose. But yeah. when when I meet people, they're like, oh, Milwaukee, Algonquin. I'm like, okay, that movie is... Alice Cooper's in that, man. I know. I love Alice Cooper. Actually, we I met Alice Cooper one time. Nice guy. See? But he did. also feels the same way. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. He feels the same way about it because right. people say that shit to him all the time. So it's like when you have people coming up to you saying the same shit, like, stop it. Cut it out. Like Ghostbuster? Yeah. You know what? That's another one. We're we're just we're just we we're just opening up the closet door here. This is what we all hate. We fucking hate it do you hate it too when people call you a ghostbuster when i'm called that have you have you even experienced I've never, this i've never been called that oh my god no. oh my god okay no so let me just yeah not sound pretentious <laughs> but i'm going to anyway which is why there's there's no kind of no going back at this point but i think we're filmmakers and we're covering a topic trying to educate on a topic and we're going to get branded as ghost hunters. That's fine. I accept that. That's fine. I can live with that. But when I'm promoting this, there's always some cheesy, like spooky, like just, I, I, I want to give examples, but I can't do it because I just can't do it. I mean, I know what they are, but they'll call me like a ghostbuster. And the last time I was actually with Vince Vetrano and WTMJ on channel four in Milwaukee. And I told him off the air how I hate that. And he's a friend of mine. We, I used to work at journal broadcast group, full disclosure. I used to work at WKTI in Milwaukee, which is in the same building. I told him I didn't like that being called that. We go on the air. The first thing he does is calls me a ghostbuster. And I busted him out on the air, live on the air for it. And that, it's kind of stopped since then, to be honest. So maybe maybe we're done with it. But I think people just want something that's relatable to, you know, a, a full audience. So when you say, oh, well, can you describe your show? I mean, what's the first thing that we say? I will tell you this. Lloyd Auerbach is, I'm a hypocrite, Lloyd Auerbach is the real life Egon. He really is. But the proton packs and the cheesiness, it's just not a thing. It's just not real at all. But I wonder how much of our, the audience that did like me, I wonder how much of them actually <laughs> still like me at this point. How do you think Bill Murray feels about all this? I don't, well, I hear, I hear, you know, Bill Murray, whenever people would bring up Ghostbusters, he, he would just shut down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I don't know the reason behind that. Isn't Zombieland kind of more of like his thing now too? Well, I mean, they're making a third Ghostbusters right now. They you, are. You, mm-hmm, a third one. And the son of the original director, Ivan Reitman, his son is, oh, ma- is make, making the third one. Really? And Bill Murray is in it. See, and I would think like, I want to know if anybody walks up to him and calls him Steve Zissou. <laughs> I would shit myself if I had the opportunity to say that and give him a hug. I want to know. I want to know how much of our audience knows what the fuck we're talking about with that. Tell everyone, fill everyone in what that okay, is. So I, I have a huge obsession with Wes Anderson films, and I mean, the first movie I ever saw that was done by Wes Anderson was The Royal Tenenbaums, which I loved. Oh and it, yes. I mean, just the cast in that is absolutely amazing. And then the second movie that I saw was the one after that, which was The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. And there are so many great one-liners in that. And, you know, Bill Murray is the lead. And he is such a fantastic actor. So 
I enjoyed the movie so much. I named my cat after him. My cat's <laughs> name is Zisu. He's seven. Like, no, he just turned eight, actually. And the funny thing is, people will come to the house and they'll see the cat and they'll get the name wrong and they'll go, oh, Zisu, Zisu. It's Zisu. Well, my Siri, even from South Africa the uh, other day, what did he call him? Zasau. Zisu. Yeah. So, anyway, I think we're babbling enough. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. I want to let the audience know episode five coming out the second week of July, maybe the beginning of the third week. It depends on how things go with the rendering and processing of the episode. So just stay patient, stay tuned. We promise you it's going to be a good one. We're coming back with a podcast in two weeks because we're taking the holiday off. It's 4th of July. Happy 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. And, uh, We'll see you next time on the Haunted State Podcast. On behalf of Angela Olson, Ann Benson, and I'm Michael Brown. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.